Welcome to the Driving Your Marketing Podcast, where small business entrepreneurs come to discover the strategies, systems, and tools to kick their marketing into high gear. If you want to go from surviving small business owner to thriving entrepreneur, you're in the right place. Let's get ready to roll. All right, welcome everybody. This is Eli Delaney with your Marketing University and the Driving Your Marketing Podcast here to pop in, say hi, and share amazingly fun, cool stuff with cool people that I meet from throughout the world on how to market your business more effectively. And the whole goal behind what I do here is to bring in people that I meet that are doing all kinds of cool things in the marketing world to basically bring it down so marketing doesn't have to be complicated and scary because as a speaker, I'm out there all the time and I ask people, how many of you love marketing? And so many times I get people coming back and say, I don't like it. You know, nobody raises their hands or I'll get people that actually come back and say, I don't like it. It's scary. It's complicated. I don't get it. And and I actually had people say it's black magic and voodoo before. And so the whole point behind this is to eliminate that myth and so I bring in cool people that I've met all over, and I've got today Tim Grawl. He is the author of Your First Thousand Copies, it's a step-by-step guide to marketing your book. And he and I actually got connected originally, um, and Tim doesn't even know this, so he's going to hear this now. Originally, I heard about him on an interview he did with Chris Ducker from um, the Virtual Staff Finder and Virtual Freedom book. Originally, I got heard that interview, thought he was cool, so I bought the book, I read it, loved it, and then Tim had a meetup group during World Domination Summit this last summer in Portland, and so I signed up for that to come hang out, and we had a great conversation there, which has led us to today's conversation. So, Tim, thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, thanks for having me. I've uh, been looking forward to it. It's it's nice to hear that uh, you, you came through a couple things to find me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and, it, and it's really funny because I know you and I have been going back and forth trying to get this scheduled in for quite a while now. I mean, that was back in July, and we're now in November, and we're finally getting this interview scheduled. Uh, but it's been it's been really cool. And I know when I first heard the interview you did with Chris, it really it really grabbed my attention. One of the things as a marketer, I've been doing this for a long time, and a lot of the principles and the things you talk about are are very very congruent with the stuff that I teach. And that was one of the reasons that I was really drawn to to getting more information about you and, of course, having you on the show so you can share some of your information with everybody else that's out here because, I mean, so many of our listeners actually are authors or plan to be authors pretty soon. And your methods behind getting yourself out there and marketing your book are so amazing. And one of the things I like about it is that you, you've got a stat out there that's basically, it's like most authors actually sell less than 250 copies of their book. And talk yeah. a little bit about that for just a second. Yeah, the um, there's a small publishing house out of San Francisco uh, called Barrett Kohler, and the um, the president of that company he puts out this report um, every once in a while about like the the horrible things about publishing, and he you know did all the math and and all kinds of things and the, I, the number of ISBNs and all of this kind of thing. And came up with this figure of most books in the first year that they, they're released, they sell less than 250 copies. Um, and that's self-published and traditionally published. So it's not like, you know, the self-publishing numbers are skewing the traditionally published. So, um, you know, most of us want more than 250 people to read our book. And so, uh, so I just always thought that was a scary number and kind of made my goal. That's why the name of the book came from is your first 1000 copies is like, you know, if we can get to your first 1,000 copies, then things will start getting easier. Because the reason I believe that 250 number 
exists is that most of us know enough people, whether through you know, colleagues or friends or family, that we can move about 200, 250 copies um, on our own. But once you've gotten to 1,000 copies, something interesting has happened. About 750 people that don't know you, aren't directly connected to you, have bought your book. And that means you're doing something to get your name out there further. So that's why I really focused on that first 1,000 copies, because once you hit that, something's working, and it's going to be much easier to get that second 1,000 copies. Awesome, and I love that. And it's and it is so true. And and the funny thing is is what you you said one thing really important. I want everybody to actually really pay attention to is that those numbers came out of both self published and traditionally published, not just self published. Because a lot of times people think, oh well, if I get in with a traditional publisher, I'm good. I'm definitely going to sell my thousands of copies. And you're saying that it actually doesn't happen that way. It, you know, and I see more and more people going the self-publishing route because they're realizing that they have to kind of market themselves either way. Having a traditional publisher isn't necessarily going to make that big of a difference. Right. I mean, with a traditional publisher, they're still relying on you to do the vast majority of the marketing. So they're not really going to do much in the way of marketing for you. You know, they might be able to get your book on bookshelves somewhere, but that's becoming less and less relevant and less and less likely that they'll even be able to get that out there. So unless you're a top tier author that already has a huge platform and you're getting a huge advance, um, they're not going to invest much in the marketing side of things. So you, um, whether you get traditionally published or not, it's still going to be up to you to sell your book. Right. Awesome. Now, how did you get into this world, by the way? I usually kind of start with that, but the, I wanted to kind of start with that big stat right up front. Yeah, you know, I feel like I got into this, you know, kind of stumbled backwards into it like people do into their careers. Um, you know, I was I was a developer. That's I went to school and I have a degree in computer science and got out of school and had a couple jobs doing uh, development and just hated my job. So, I had quit my job and was doing mostly freelance development, um, web development. And so, you know, I was building websites for anybody that needed them, basically, any kind Mm -hmm. of business or person or anything. And then I picked up a couple clients that were authors. And, you know, I've always been a big reader since I was a kid. You know, I've loved books. Um, I feel like, you know, my entire adult education came from books. You know, um, I've always been a big reader. And so I really enjoyed working with these authors because I, I could tell I was making a difference in helping them get the word out about their books. And so after picking up three or four of these clients, I just decided I was going to focus my company 100% on working with authors and figuring out you know, the things that worked for them. And, um, and I've been doing that now, uh, I think about five years uh, full-time working with authors. Awesome. And you've got some pretty good names that you work with, too. So let's talk about who are some of the authors that you've worked with that we everybody else might know. Um, uh, I've worked with Daniel Pink, uh, Pamela Slim, um, uh, the Heath Brothers, Chip and Dan Heath, Barbara Corcoran from the Shark Tank. Um, Hugh Howey uh, is a well-known uh, indie fiction writer. Michael Bunker is another well-known indie fiction writer. Um, I'm sure I'm missing some. Tim Sanders. Uh, Guy Kawasaki, um, that that probably hits most of the highlights. Right, nice, awesome, um, and that's and that's really cool that you've gotten in there because now you've seen, you know, I mean, you've worked with some big name clients, some of the, and many of these guys are you know New York Times number one sellers out there. So the stuff that you're going through, the stuff we're going to talk about today, this is the stuff that's actually working because obviously it's working for these guys. 
how can we turn around and, and bring that into, you know, the, the self-published guy with just getting his first book out? You know, that's kind of where we want to go with this. Right. And that's what I feel like is important because there's there's two types of advice that sums up most of the advice in this space. Um, the first is people that are mostly just guessing. So they've read a bunch of articles on social media, think they know what social media does, and so they write more articles on how authors should, you know, use Twitter to sell books. But, you know, I read this stuff and I'm like, that doesn't work because I've actually tried it with big Twitter accounts and it doesn't work the way they say. But because a lot of people, these assumptions they have are just wrong. They've never actually tried it in the real world. Uh Um, The second thing I see is these kind of one-off examples. So you take one author that's had a lot of success and they become Mm -hmm. like the experts. So they start telling people what they did, but it's not repeatable success. Um, it's either tied to their personality, like um, like a Gary Vaynerchuk, mm-hmm. you know, where it's very much he is he is the you know the person Gary Vaynerchuk, and that's why his marketing works. You couldn't take what he does mm-hmm. and apply it to pretty much anybody else, right? Um, or it's tied to kind of lightning strikes or things that are very specific to an author. I actually read um, a book by an author talking about how to do marketing, and I'm like reading through the book, and I'm like, this most of the stuff he's talking about doesn't really work that well. And he even kind of said it in the book, like, well, this helped a little and this helped a little. But then when I got to the main, the main thing that drove book sales for this guy was um, a copy of his uh, a big time venture capitalist blogger like randomly bought a copy of his book, loved it and blogged about it. Mm-hmm. And that's when it really took off. And I'm like, well, that's not repeatable. That's a lightning strike. So that's not, why are you writing a book giving advice saying, well, you know, just hope an author, you know, blogger <laughs> picks up your book. So, um, so what I tried to do is I was working with a ton of odd, you know, now I've worked with well over a hundred authors, um, you know, authors from getting their first start all the way through, you know, again, number one, best-selling authors. I wanted to see what worked and what didn't and what I could apply to everybody um, as a framework that people, any author can use across genres, fiction, nonfiction, whatever, and would work consistently. It wasn't these lightning strikes. It wasn't these kind of one-off, you know, personality-driven things. You know, I want the introvert first-time writer to be able to take, pick up this book and use it, use what it says. Um, and that's what I tried to put together in the book. Awesome. And I love it. And I thought the book was great because a lot of the principles you talk about are the same basic principles that I teach to entrepreneurs in just marketing their business. So the, the, the basics work across the board, whether you're selling a product, a service, coffee, or, you know, tanning to selling your book. It's all the same basic idea. And that's right. the great thing about it. And that's why I loved it so much. So, so, you know, if somebody's just starting out and they're, they're that budding author, they're just getting going. And I, and I know I've gone through this because, um, last December, our first book just got published. We did it through CreateSpace, through, and so it's on Amazon. We've got uh, physical copies and digital copies through the Kindle, and we're having a blast with it. But uh, that was the time when I actually picked up your book. I was like, okay, I need to start listening to this because I'm going to be having my book out there. So if somebody's just starting out, what's you know what would be the first step to kind of get them going? Well, you know, there's there's some practical answers and then there's some philosophical answers. And, you know, I want to start with the kind of philosophical thing where most authors haven't convinced themselves that it's actually a good thing for people to read their book. Um, you know, they're very kind of skittish about telling people to read their book um, because they haven't actually decided that it's a good thing. Um, so, you know, authors need to realize, you know, from the beginning, you know, their book is good for people to read. 
and that asking people to be a part of what they're doing uh, will actually make the world a better place. And so once you believe that, other things become easier. But if you don't believe that, nothing will come easy because you'll be trying to force yourself to do something you don't actually believe. You'll be asking people to do something you don't actually believe in. Um, but from there, you know, the first thing is, uh, you know, the number one goal, the number one thing every author should be doing is building an email list. Um, they should be getting that direct access to their fans. Um, you know, and I talk about this in the book, I call it permission. You know, you need to have permission to communicate with your fans. And the best way to do that is an email list. You know, it's people a lot of times try to replace it with, a, with Twitter or Facebook or blogging. And it's just not the same. You need something that can reliably get people's attention and drive action. And the best way to do that is an email list. And mm-hmm. so, you know, once you and once you kind of see this, you start seeing how it changes everything, because most authors go through this thing where like they come out with a book then they run around trying to promote it and then they go back into a hole to write the next book and then they come out and it's this constant like up and down, up and down. But if you're building an email list and a direct connection with your fans that's growing over time, you know, each book is going to launch from a stronger and stronger position because the people that originally signed up around your first book, they're still paying attention and you've been able to grow that between the book launches. So when I came out with your first 1,000 copies, you know, I'd spent most of my time building my author's platforms and hadn't done much on my own. So I only had about 1,800 people on the list. Well, now I've broke through 9,000 people. And so what do you think that's going to do for my next book launch? Um, and so having that direct connection, that long lasting connection with people, you know, that's what marketing really is. It's creating long lasting connections and then focusing on being relentlessly helpful. All right. I love that. And I so appreciate that you talked about that. And I think that was probably quite honestly out of everything in the book, which was all kinds of awesome stuff. But that was my favorite thing that you put out there because I know for me, I work with a lot of small businesses that are both, both online and offline. Um, but a lot of them are offliners, you know, brick and mortar businesses, things like that. And they, a lot of times they have a hard time realizing how important building your list really is. But you just put it out there so perfect. You use that and you start building it right away. You're building that long-term relationship. When your second book comes out, you already have a fan base to start with. And if you're any other kind of business, it's still the same thing. Every time you've got a new product available or a new service or you change your hours or whatever, you can let people know, you can stay in touch, and it's always easier to sell somebody a second time than it is the first time. Right, and I mean, it really is pretty much any business. I I don't know of any business that I would say, oh, you don't need an email list. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm sure we could come up with one if we thought really hard. But if, if you're in a business where you were being able to stay in contact with your, um, with your customers and potential customers is important and you think could help drive business, you need an email list. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's the cheapest way to do it. When I was, um, where I used to work with some local businesses and, you know, they'd be throwing all this money at these like mailers that mm-hmm. they these like thousands and thousands and thousands of yeah. dollars. And I'm like, if you just had an email list of the same people, it costs you like $50 a month, you know? Right. And, um, and so it's like that idea that um, if you can just build that direct connection, build that list, um, it's going to it's going to be this foundation that continues to grow that you can build all kinds of things on. Right, I totally agree with that. It's so it's so nice to hear other people say it just like that because it it is so so true. And that is my number one complaint when I work with people is getting that's that's the hard thing is getting them to get that say okay your list is your gold it is more important than anything else because everything else can be rebuilt 
you're, even if you have a physical location and the place burns down, you can still rebuild that. But if you have your list, you have your customer base, that's the easy part. or that, That's the hard part, actually. And once you get it, that's your goal. That's what keeps coming back once you rebuild everything else. Right, exactly. Very cool. Awesome. So as you go through, you know, you're talking with, with authors that are just starting out and getting going. Uh, one of the things I noticed in the book that, that I wanted to bring up a little bit that I think we can probably have a cool conversation about was there's a spot in the book where you talk about um, a couple of assumptions you need to check. Uh, assume other people are busier than you. Assume that everyone's default behavior is to protect their own time and workload, and that's okay. And do you know which part of the book we're talking about here? Yeah, the outreach section. Sometimes I get nervous when people ask because it's been like two years since I've written the book. So I'm like, I hope they don't bring up something I don't remember writing. I know. I try to I try to pick something to be pretty easy for you because I know I wrote, I mean, my book is is actually not complicated, but it's, it's actually 50 very specific tips that I teach all the time. But many times people go, oh, yeah, tip number 23. That was the best one. I love that. And I'm like, oh, crap, which one was that? I don't remember yeah. now. You know, so exactly. it happens. I, I'm totally good. But this is in the outreach process. And, and we, we can go through all all of the steps here, but I want to talk about that one specifically because that was something that that grabbed my attention that I think is really important for us to have a bit of a conversation about, which is that people are busy. And, you know, if you're putting your book out there, and again, this applies to, to any product or service out there, but let's talk about in the book marketing standpoint, I get people that are that just pound me with, hey, check out my book and you should promote my book and blah, 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 your, your audience would love my book. And I'm like, okay, but wait a minute. What's in it for me? What's, you know, I got, I'm a busy guy. I got other things to do. So let's talk about that a little bit. What's a better way to approach people? Well, you know, it is, um, it's this idea that, um, you just have to consider other people as more important than yourself. Um, and, you know, not in a self deprecating, like I suck kind of way, but just understanding that, um, when you ask somebody of some, to do something for you, um, you're asking for one of their most precious commodities, and that's their time. Um, so, you know, I just really try to put myself in this standpoint of, um, yeah, exactly what you read out. You know, I want I want to treat other people as their time is more important than my time, and I want to treat other people as if, you know, and I say this all the time with people when we're talking about working together. I say to them, look, I'm going to expect you to make the best decision for you, your family, your business, whatever it is. Um, and then I'm going to do the same. And so if I'm asking you to do something for me and it's not good for you, please say no, because I want it to always be a win-win situation. Mm -hmm. And so it really comes into play when you're doing outreach, when you're, you know, sending pitch emails or you're trying to get, you know, to partner with somebody. And, you know, if they respond and say no, you know, you can't get mad or have your feelings hurt. You just have to assume they're making the best decision they know to make for themselves and what's going on. You never know what's going on on their end. Mm -hmm. You know, they could be. And that's the thing, too, is like um, there's this really great um, if you go to audible.com, it's um, by oh, I'm going to uh, oh, I forgot who did it, but it's called um, This is Water. Uh, it's a, it's just a, um, commencement speech by a really popular author. He's, he's died now, but, um, and he talks about, you know, assuming that when, when people on the other end of the table, you never know what's going on. They could be going through a divorce. You know, that person that cut you off in traffic could be trying to get their sick child to the hospital. You know, you just never know what's on the other end. So mm -hmm. people say no, or they don't respond. 
you just have to assume that they have other things going on. And when you approach people like that, it's extremely obvious. Um, you know, they can just sense when when they know that you're looking out for their best interest, even when you're trying to get something for yourself. And what you find is people are much, much more open to that. <clears throat> They're going to be much more likely to want to help you. And, um, and the more that you're able to give and help other people, the more likely they are to want to help you. And so that's where, you know, with anything... Uh, with outreach, I take a very long-term approach. And this is why, you know, most of these bag tactics we've seen of like begging and like screaming at people and trying to like email people eight times, it's because nobody has done anything until about six weeks before their book comes out and now they're freaking out. <laughs> and so what I do is I take a very long-term approach. Like I'm going, every time I try to meet people, I try to do something to help them first, whether I have a conversation with them, I coach them, I teach them something, um, I give them something. You know, I've even gone in and like um, early on when I was help, when I was trying to get in the publishing world, one of the publishers their um, WordPress blog was hacked well I know how to fix that mm -hmm. so I went in and just fixed it and cleaned it up for them and lo and behold they started sending me clients you know right and so I always try to give first and then I don't keep a quid pro quo list of like you know here's the people I've helped and they better help me when I need it but I've just found if I keep a you know if I keep helping people what's going to naturally happen is they're going to want to help me and it comes back to Zig Ziglar's um you know, quote that he said over and over and over, which is, if you help enough people get what they want out of life, you'll get what you want out of life too. Mm -hmm. And I have tested and proven that, you know, I'm a pragmatic guy. When I first heard that, I kind of rolled my eyes of like, yeah, that's easy to say when, <laughs> you know, rich and getting paid to speak in front of people. But it's really proven out, you know, the yeah. more that I try to help other people, the more like, the more that when I need something, I have a bunch of people in my corner waiting to help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, and I totally get that. And that's, and one of the things that I love about that too, is that, you know, I go at meeting people and connecting with people with the, with the concept of number one, when I wake up in the morning, one of the first questions I ask myself is how many people am I going to help today? Who am I going to help? Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and amongst that, once I'm talking to people and meeting people, you know, and, and I, you actually, you and I have actually had this, this is, we started a conversation about Infusionsoft with this. Um, yeah. you know, it, it came with the question of, you know, how can I help you? You know, you, you're using Infusionsoft. Yeah. How can I help you? What do you need? You know, and that's because something, it's something we have that skill in. Cindy and I do it. I do the strategy and she does the implementation, but that's something we've been using it since 2007. So we know a lot of little tricks that, you know, even their guys don't even know. And so, you know, it's something that I like, I like to be able to share and help people out with that. And my favorite question in the world is how can I help you? And I think that that is something if everybody were to just stop and think about that before they send that email, before they pick up the phone, before they send that Facebook message, that would completely change the results they get in the marketing of their book. Yeah, and but the 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 biggest difference I think is that's foundational to it because it's easy to say that, but the reason why it works is because you're thinking long term. Mm -hmm. You know, again, most almost everything I see that's like the bad version of marketing comes because there's some kind of like time desperation around it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, any time that you can set yourself up so you can think long term and just do things that will eventually come back to help you, that's it builds it like layer after layer after layer of foundation. And one morning you'll wake up and you'll realize like you have this strong foundation that's going to support your entire business because you built these relationships with people and you've really tried to be helpful. But it's not going like you're not 
it's not going to work next week. You know, if you need to sell something next week, you know, starting to be helpful to people this week is not going to sell it next week. You right. know? So you have to think long term with this. Um, and but once you kind of change that viewpoint with authors, especially, you know, what I ask them is like, OK, do you want to be somebody that wrote a book once or you? Do you want to be a writer? Do you want to be an author? Like long term, is this my career? Mm -hmm. Because if you still want to be doing this in 30 years, you can't be trying to like shove your newest book down everybody's throat. Um, and so it's, it is that like long term, you know, I'm just here to help as many people as possible, knowing that then when I need something, people are going to be there to help me. Right. And I love that. Awesome. Very cool. This is, this is really cool stuff. And I, and I appreciate the, the connection with this, especially in that helping other people first coming, coming from, from that standpoint, but let's give people a, a very specific, let's say, let's say we, our book is out there. We've got it going. What are we going to do now? Let's, let's put this into actionable steps of what we just talked about. Yeah. Well, you know, I actually did this with my own book. Um, I got this originally from my client, Dan Pink. We were having a discussion one time. I was actually recorded this discussion. It's on my website under the resources section. I had this long discussion with Dan and he talked about how every um, every book that he comes out with, that's the next two years of his life. So he's going to be promoting that book for the next two years. Mm -hmm. And that totally changes things because every everything in publishing is set up for the first week your book has come out, and then everybody forgets about it. And I even talk to authors where they're basically going to promote it for the first month or so, and then they just move on to other things. And so what I look at it as, when I came out with my book, Your First 1,000 Copies, it's been about a year and a half now, when I came out with that, um, I decided this is the next two years of my life. Everything I do is going to be around your first 1,000 copies. So when I do a talk somewhere, I talk about, um, you know, permission content and outreach. In fact, I, you know, I don't always talk at uh, places that are author-specific, but I still talk about permission content and outreach because that's what my book's about. Mm -hmm. Every podcast I'm on, every guest post I, I, I write, it's all about getting people to your first 1,000 copies. So, you know, a lot of authors will come to me and they'll be like, okay, my book's coming out in a month. I don't have a platform. I don't have an email list. What can I do? And I say, okay, forget selling your book when it comes out. Don't worry about a big launch. Don't try to, you know, sell a ton of copies. But use this book to build your platform so your next book you'll be ready. And what I found is when you're an author, and this is an interesting thing about a book, even now, you know, with my little you know, I think it's 28,000 words, self-published book in this tiny little niche for authors. It is a huge door opener for me. You mm -hmm. know, um, conferences, you know, I, I had put in to speak at South by Southwest for like five years. They finally accepted me when I had a book. Right. You know, mm -hmm. podcast interviews come rolling in when you have a book. Mm -hmm. You know, um, being able to email a website and say, hey, I'm Tim Graw, I'm the founder. I'll think, oh, and I'm the author of this book. All of a sudden, they're open to guest post opportunities. <laughs> and so I started using the book as a weapon to kind of get my foot in a door, break down doors that would normally be closed to me. Mm -hmm. And I used the book to build my platform. So again, when I launched my book, it, I didn't have a huge uh, platform. I didn't have a huge email list. But in the year after, the year, year and a half after it was out, I used that book to build my platform. So when I came out with something new, I was ready. So that is what I would say to authors. You know, um, if you're about to come out with a book, or you're working on a book, and you're like, oh man, you know, they're talking about email lists. They're talking about this, like helping out all these people. You know, I haven't started any of that. Well. Start it now. Start it with this book, and it will get you ready for the future. Again, long-term view. 
and start reaching out to people saying, I'm the author of this book, and you'll be surprised at how many doors it opens for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, and I have to totally agree with that. It was so funny because, you know, I've been in this industry for, for many, many years. This company we've had for over six years. My previous company was a weapon graphic design company. That's how I got started in the whole marketing world to begin with. And we've had that for over 19 years. And it's amazing because I even had uh, an organization here when I moved up, moved up here to Portland that I was trying to get in and see if I could do some training courses with as a, as a joint venture kind of thing. It helped me break into the market here to, to meet people and give them training courses for their organization. And I was happy to do them for free with the basis of potentially selling you know, a course at the end or whatever, just a way to get in the door. And I approached them and they completely blew me off. They wouldn't even let me you know, finish my presentation essentially or my thought process. And then a year later, I'm at an event and the director of that particular organization happened to be there and I made the announcement that we had the book and I had literally had the proof copy in my hand and so I just made the announcement, hey guys, I'm really excited, I want to share this out with you, this is going to be live soon, here's my proof copy of my new book. All of a sudden that same person who completely ignored me walked up to me and said, hey, you know what, we really should do a class together. And I'm like, yeah, hmm. it's, it's really crazy because like I so I'm in the same boat where like I had launched, you know, I'd launched books to number one, the New York Times bestseller list. At one point, I had five clients on the list at the same time. You know, I'd done all the work. I'd done all of that. But in, it wasn't until I had a book that people really started paying attention to what I was doing. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, you know, even as somebody that works with books. I was surprised by how much of an impact it had being able to say I'm the author of such and such. And again, it's to me, it's funny because it's like I self-published it like anybody can just throw together <laughs> some words and say they have a book. And um, but that makes a difference. And so um, so it is true. Like once you have that book, it's amazing how people's attitudes towards you change. Right. It's it a is. huge signaling factor. Yeah. And that's something I want. I want everybody listening to, to really pay attention to, because one of the key points in what we're talking about here is don't think of your book as your end game. Think of it as a tool. And even if that's your goal is to become a full-time writer, an author, that, that concept, think of at least your first book as the tool more than anything else because that opens up the doors to so many other things that, you know, like we're talking about here now, that opens up the door to speaking engagements and podcast interviews and radio shows and all that kind of stuff. I mean, as soon as we launched the book, I think in January, because we launched it um, right at the end of December, right after Christmas, and in January... I was booked most of January with almost an interview every day just because of having the book. Yeah. And so use that as a tool to, to take it to that next level. Yep, absolutely. Awesome. So let's talk about the, you know, you've got your steps in the book, and I, and we just bounced around, but it was something I really wanted to get into right away. You've got the connection system, and these are your four steps to getting your message out there, sharing your book, and get and basically getting the marketing of your book in place. So let's talk about those in step. And we already talked about outreach a little bit, but we'll we'll just kind of gloss over that when we get to that. The very first one is permission. Let's talk about that for a bit. Yeah. So I define permission as uh, a way to communicate with people that reliably gets their attention and drives action. So you know, and that's where I come to an email list is the way to do that. But having that permission, that ability to communicate with people, um, that's so important in you know the long-term game. We've already gone over a lot of it, but you know that's the foundational thing. Is I'm trying to get permission to stay in contact long-term. So if somebody hears me speak, 
somebody hears me on a podcast, if somebody write, reads a guest post, and then they just kind of go away, I have no way to let them know when I have something new. So my goal is to get permission to stay in contact long term. All right. Cool. And that is, and even just starting with that, and you, you talked about, you know, if, if you go speak someplace, I'm assuming you have a, some kind of freebie that you give away at the end of your presentations. Yeah, I've tried a lot of different things with both myself and my clients. And like one of the simplest things is people always want the slides. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, having a, a really simple URL that they can go say, if you go to this URL, you can download my slides and it's just an email sign up. Um, you know, we've gotten for one of my clients, we're getting over a third of the people in every one of his audiences to sign up for the email list, you know, within 24 hours of seeing him speak. So, um, yeah, giving people a really solid reason to jump on your email list, um, is the, is the best way to go about it. You know, don't have on your website, you know, sign up for my updates or sign up for my newsletter, <laughs> you know, have like a compelling reason why they should turn over their email address and have more email come into their already full inbox. Right. And I, and I totally agree with that. And that's one of the things that I do. And I, I don't know if you've tested this at all is, uh, for me, especially when small speaking for smaller groups, I, I always try to give something away. So I have like one of the examples is one that I give away right now is my networking follow up blueprint. And basically it's a, it's a guide on how to follow up more effectively with people when you meet them out networking. And um, what I'll do is I actually have a form that I pass out to people and say, fill this out, give it back to me before I leave and I'll get this sent out to you. And so they're, they're essentially getting like a, a mini ebook, you know, and I get easily 50 to 75% of the room signs up almost every time. I think I've only had one time that it was a weird fluke and I got like one person signed out every other time I've had as high as a hundred percent even. And it's That's a, great. Yeah. And all it is is a little half sheet piece of paper that says, hey, you know, fill this out real quick. Make sure you get it to me before I leave and I'll get you, get this sent out to you. And it works beautiful every single time. Cool. Awesome. So so let's talk about content. Now, you know, one of the things that I see and this is a, you know, that, that whole contradictory thought process is people say, well, everything's in the book, so they should go buy the book. So I don't need to write blog posts or share bits of the book or any of that kind of stuff. Let's talk about that for a bit. Well, you know, content is usually what you use to do outreach. And you and I look at content as, you know, you want to spread it widely and freely. You know, you want to give it away for free and you want to spread it as wide as you can. And, you know, I use these terms very loosely on purpose, you know, because people are like, well, you know, should I do videos? I'm like, sure, try videos, see if it works. Well, should I, you know, write blog posts? Sure, try blog posts, but all of its content. You know, this podcast, I'm sharing lots of content. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, that when you speak, you share content, but I'm constantly putting out content because that's how people know if you're right for them. Um, you know, they have to engage with what you're doing in some way uh, before they know if you're a good fit for them. So you have to put out content. You have to put out things that um, that people can, you know, consume in all kinds of different ways and give them a chance to get you to know you a little bit before they give you permission. You know, people aren't just going to give you their email address because you ask for it. You have to give them content where they're looking at you and saying, okay, I need what they're doing. I need to learn from them. Mm -hmm. So here's my email address so I can keep learning from you. Right. Awesome. And I love that. And it's, and it is a way to, to get out there in as many places as possible. And I loved, 
I love the way you said that. Spread it as widely and freely. You know, I'm I'm a big advocate for doing guest interviews. Of course, being on you know podcasts and radio shows, and and I even contribute to like roundups where somebody will say, "Hey, I'm looking for people to help me with your your number one tip for this." And I respond to those kind of things a lot because they're great to to get that little extra exposure. And I've gotten tons of extra publicity. I've been actually sub-published as part of other people's books before. All kinds of stuff just from doing those little things. And they take me a couple minutes here or there to do. So it's not like it's a big time-consuming thing. But it is a way for people to get out there, get to know who I am, what kind of content I have, you know, what my thought process is, how I teach. That's a really big one as well is how I teach when, you know, am I going to be able to, are they going to be able to resonate with what I say and how I do it? And do they even like me? Because, you know, I, I can honestly say that I've bought books. I've even bought programs from people because I thought the content sounded good, but I actually didn't like the person and it ended up not being a good fit, you know? So that's, mm -hmm. this is all stuff that you can do to get out there and make sure that your audience is attracted to you and saying, yes, that you're the right person for me. Right, exactly. Awesome. All right, and outreach, we just spent a lot of time with that. And essentially, we're just talking about out, you know, reaching out to other other people, making those connections. And that could be um, things like being a guest on other people's shows, on either radio shows, blog talk radio, podcasts, um, things like that, or guest writing. I noticed in, the, in your book, that's one of the things you mentioned too, was, um, you know, the difference when somebody approached you wanting to promote wanted to promote their book and wanted you to read the book and do a review for it versus somebody saying hey can I write some content for you right exactly yeah you know I look at content as it's anything that's moving people from not knowing you exist to knowing you exist you know that anything that moves in that bucket you know from you know visiting conferences and, and meeting new people um, doing meetups and then all this stuff we've already talked about if you're moving people from not knowing you exist to knowing you exist, then um, then you're doing the job of outreach. And once you kind of line all these things up, you start seeing how they work together, where you do outreach to move people from not knowing you exist to knowing you exist. But that's not good enough yet. You know, there's no long-term connection there. Well, then you give content so they can tell if you're a good fit for them. You know, if you can help them, if they like you, you know, all those things we just talked about. And then once they know they're a good fit for you, you invite them to give you permission to stay in contact with them long term. And so each of these three things, what I found is what works so well about this is you have you can find your own way that works for you. And if you solve each of those three problems in particular, you're going to be successful. You know, if you have a way to regularly get people to know who you are, know you exist, engage with your content and then give you permission, you're going to be successful. Now, if one of those is missing you're going to be in trouble. You know, if you have the perfect website with the perfect email sign up, but nobody knows you exist, it's not going to help. But I've talked to people on the other end too, that they're very popular. I talked to one guy, he speaks over 50 times a year, you know, tens of thousands of people a year, but he's not built an email list. He has no permission. So when he was coming out with a book, he's like, Oh my God, all these people I've talked to over the years, I have no mm -hmm. way to let them know that something's coming out. So he had the outreach, he had the content, but no permission. So, once you have those three things and you've solved those three problems, you're going to find success because you have a plan of moving people from not knowing you exist all the way down to giving you permission to stay in contact long term. Right. Awesome. I love it. And so the last the last section on this is sell. Let's talk about that real quick. I know we're getting close to time here and I know you have another interview. So I want to I want to go ahead and be respectful of your time on this, too. 
Yeah, sell. I mean, sell is basically. I look at it as if you've done those first three pieces, the next thing you do is just invite people to be a part of what you're doing. You know, this is where, especially in the author world, when you have a book, you know, if you've been connecting with people, giving great content, um, trying to be relentlessly helpful, you know, emailing them on a regular basis, all you basically have to do is say, hey, here's my new thing. I'd love for you to be a part of it by buying a copy of my book, and you're going to sell books. So. The selling part is the last part in the book, and it's actually, to me, the easiest part mm -hmm. because once you have that permission, once you've um, built that relationship with people, it's much easier to invite them to be a part of your new thing, and they're going to want to be a part of it. They're going to want to be involved in what you're doing, and so you basically just invite them to be a part of it, tell them how, and you'll be surprised at the response. Right, and I, and I agree with that so much, and I love it because it really is that simple. When it comes to... You've already built the relationship. You've added value. You shared, you know, shared stuff. Got permission from them to to basically build that relationship. Then when it comes to the selling thing, you know, it's it's a matter of, you know, hey, by the way, this might this would be the next step if you're interested. And that's really all there is to it. It doesn't have to be any com any more complicated than that. That's right. Awesome. Very cool. Okay, so we are getting close to the top of the hour here, and you gave a ton of content. I'm going to recommend everybody out there go get. Tim's book because this book it's very inexpensive and just an FYI when I bought the book I bought it as a Kindle book off of Amazon I got upsold to the audio version as well for like another two bucks or something like that so I listened to it and I read it it's well well worth it it makes life so much easier and I have to say that I now really appreciate Audible having that extra ability I've done that with a few books now but the book is your first thousand copies the step-by-step -step guide to marketing your book and if you have a book now. If you're just getting started, you're getting ready to launch a book, or you're thinking about launching a book, or you're just in another business and you haven't quite got to the point of saying, okay, I'm ready to have a book yet, the principles in this stuff all work across the board. I mean, it really does. I love everything that's in this book. Now, as we're wrapping up here, I always like to ask this one question. If there is one actionable item that everybody listening can get out there and do, what would that be? It's so hard because there's, <laughs> you know, it depends on where you're at. Um, you know, again, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to repeat myself, but if you are not making, um, building an email list, your number one business goal, that would be the one thing to do. I think I say in the book, something like, you know, write it on a post-it, tattoo it on your forehead, whatever it takes, like make that your number one goal. Um, that is what, that is the advice I would give. If you're not doing that, do that. All right. I, think that that was an awesome one to pick because I couldn't agree more with you. So, so Tim, how can people find out more about you? We've already got the link for the book. We'll put that in the show notes. Um, any of your websites, your social media sites, any of that kind of stuff you want to share with everybody? I mean, the best way is to go to my website, outthinkgroup.com, um, Google anything close to that and you'll find it, um, and sign up for my email list. I have a free 30 day course, uh, that you'll be, that I'll send you automatically through that. Um, that'll just kind of teach you a lot of the basics. Um, I, I get a ton of good feedback on it. So sign up for my email list, um, get that free 30 day course. Um, you know, that's the best way to stay engaged. I'm constantly sending out new content, my best content to, uh, to the email list. Awesome. And I was looking at your website just before we got on the call here and I definitely will be signing up for it because I know I'm going to get a couple of tips and tricks, which I always love. Um, so Tim, thank you so much. This has been a pleasure. You know, one of the things, and I, and I already mentioned this in our conversation today, but one of the things I always like to put out there is, you know, if there is anything I can do to help support you, reach out and let me know because I, I really do want to be here for you. 
Okay, sounds good. Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Get out there. Have an amazing Rockstar Week. And as always, we'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Hey there, this is Eli again, and I got a question for you. Do you have a roadmap for marketing your business? If you're consistently looking for new marketing ideas just to keep your business going, then you need to check out smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com and download the free special report that I created to help you create a marketing plan that will thrive in any economy. Again, that's smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com. Go get it, read it, and start the road trip of your lifetime. See you on the other side.